Happy New Year. Today is the last day of 2017, so if you had some type of a goal for this year or something that you really wanted to do, you better get started on it because you don't have much time left. We know we use New Year's Eve each year to kind of look back on our previous year. And for some of us, this year was a really good year. Maybe for you, you got married or you graduated school or there's a new baby in your family or, or you got promoted at work. Something really good happened to you this year. And for some of us, 2017 is a year we would love to forget. Maybe it was a really bad year for you. Maybe it was filled with tragedy. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe there's divorce. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe it was just a really bad year for you. Maybe you just made a lot of mistakes in the past year. Maybe you did a lot of dumb things in the past year. And, and that's okay. We all do some really dumb things, and we've all done dumb things this past year. And at least for you, it wasn't caught on camera, which is what happened to all of these people. You know, everyone celebrates New Year's Eve a different way. Maybe for some of you, your plans tonight are to go out to some party and stay up well past midnight, ringing in the New Year. And for some of you, you prefer a more quiet New Year's Eve at home with your loved ones, watching the ball drop on TV. And yet for some of you, you won't even be up at midnight. You plan to go to bed just like any other time because it's just another day. And regardless of the pl your plans for this evening, tonight will mark a new year for all of us. And with a new year comes a sense of a fresh start, a renewal, a rebirth, a, a clean slate, a chance to do better, a chance to be better, which is why you hear the phrase, new year, new you. And you may know this or not, but there are actually three different versions of you. There's the me that you are right now. It's, it's the, the way you are today. The habits that you have, good or bad, the way you spend your money, the way you spend your time. It's the me you are today. And then there's a second me, and it's the me I don't want to be. It's the version of you that struggles that lacks, that makes a lot of mistakes, that has the bad habits, that always seems to mess things up. And then finally, there's the me I want to be. It's the part of you that gets it right. It's a part of you that surprises you. It's, it's the one that exceeds expectations. It's the version of you where you're at your best. You excel. It's the me I want to be. We all have these three different versions of us. And at New Year's, we try to focus on becoming the me I want to be. We make up all these goals and all these resolutions about how I can change stuff about myself so I can have the life that I want to have. I can be the best version of myself. And we are all so obsessed with improving ourselves 
that the self-help industry is a multi-billion dollar industry a year. And it's a good desire to want to improve. It's a good thing to want to be better, to treat people better, to use our time better. But we're going about it the entirely wrong way. Your life is not your project. Your life is God's project. Pastor Rick Warren puts it this way. He says, you were made by God and for God. And until you figure that out, life isn't going to make sense. Your life is not your project. Your life is God's project. The Bible puts it this way. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are not your handiwork. You are God's handiwork. And God is more concerned about you reaching your full potential than you will ever be. God is the one who made you. He decided how you're going to look. He decided the way your voice is going to sound. He decided what your personality is going to be like, what your likes are going to be, and what your dislikes are going to be. He made every part of you. You are his handiwork. And he is more concerned about you reaching your full potential than you could ever be. And he is concerned about you becoming who he made you to be and doing what he made you to do. And if, it, if God is really your creator, if you are his handiwork, then it makes sense that you should get to know him better. The more you get to know your creator, the more you will understand who your creator made you to be and what your creator made you to do. And in order to get to know your creator, you have to grow in your spiritual life. And whenever we talk about growing in our spiritual life, we talk about things like having a set prayer time and praying more often and reading our Bible more often, maybe journaling, writing down our thoughts and our prayers and, and reflecting on the things that happened throughout the day. And those are all really good things to do. And you should, you should read the Bible more. We all should. You should pray more. We all should. But those are not the only ways to grow spiritually. Think about journaling for a minute. A lot of people have tried journaling in their life. They've tried to write down their thoughts from the day. They've tried to write down their prayers to help them process the stuff that's going on in their life. But most people do not like to journal. Raise your hand if you do not like to journal. You're one of the people who does not like. Most people do not like to journal. So why would you think that journaling would help you grow in your spiritual life if you don't like to journal. Or sometimes you hear about, uh, maybe it's a pastor or somebody else who wakes up at five o'clock in the morning to pray before the day starts. And so you think, man, I've got to do that. I've got to get up early so that I can pray before the day starts because that's what that person does and it's gonna help me grow in my spiritual life. But the problem is, you don't like to be up early. And so you wake up earlier than you planned on it so that you can pray even though you don't want to, even though you're not a morning person. 
And people don't want to be around you in the morning because you're crabby. Even Jesus doesn't really want to be around you in the morning. Of course, I'm kidding on that. Jesus will hang out with you anytime you want. But you are not a morning person. So why would waking up early to pray help you grow in your spiritual life? You see, we all have different personalities. God created each one of us unique and different, which means you can connect with God differently than other people do. We don't all have to grow spiritually the same as the person sitting next to us. There's actually a guy by the name of, of Gary Thomas, and he's done some work in, in this area, and he talks about something called spiritual pathways. Spiritual pathways is just a fancy way to say the way in which you connect to God, the way that you grow in your relationship with God. And he's identified nine different ways in which people grow in their relationship with God. And he says that one of the spiritual pathways is called naturalists. And these are the people who find God in nature. This happens to be my spiritual pathway. Whenever I'm out in nature, I feel more connected to God just by being out and seeing his creation. If I spend five minutes outside in nature, I will feel more connected to the Holy Spirit. Now, that's probably not true on a day like today, where it's zero outside, but on most days, if I'm out in nature, I feel more connected to God. There's also a spiritual pathway called ascetic, and those are people who are drawn towards disciplines. These are the people who really, really love to have a set prayer time. These people who love to engage in different disciplines like fasting. These people are drawn toward it, and when they do them, they really feel connected to God. Another spiritual pathway is called traditionalists. And these are the people who love historical liturgies. So if they were to go to a church service that has a very, very traditional historical liturgy, they would really feel the presence of God and they would really connect with God. And for other people, when they attend a church with historical liturgies, it has an entirely different effect. There, there's also a spiritual pathway called the activists. And these are the people who really feel God when they're out making a difference as part of a group. And they know that they're doing something that matters. They're helping people who can't help themselves. And they really feel God's presence when they're involved in something like that. There's also a spiritual pathway called the caregiver. These are the people who really love to take care of others. They love to serve people. They love to do jobs for people who can't do the job themselves. 
They love to take care of people when they're in need. And it's there that they really feel God's presence. There's also one called sensate. And these are the people who sense God's presence through the five senses. So that means that these are the people who really, really feel connected to God through music or through worship or even through art. And then there's one called the enthusiast. And these are the people who feel God's presence when they're around other people. If they're in a group of people, they can actually feel God's presence through those other people. And they can feel God's presence amongst them. And it helps them to grow spiritually. And then you have the spiritual pathway that's kind of opposite of that. And that's called contemplative. And these are the people who would rather be withdrawn from people. And that's where they really connect with God. When they're one-on-one with God and they have some alone time with God. It's not that they don't like people. It's just that they really feel God's presence when they can kind of get alone. Then there's the intellectual. And these are people who love God and grow in their relationship with God when they're learning. doesn't matter if they're learning about God or if they're just learning about any topic. But when they learn with their mind, they really, really feel God's presence and have a better understanding of who he is. We all grow different ways in our relationship with God. And you could probably see yourself in at least one of these spiritual pathways, if not more than one. And here's the key. When you find your pathway, you'll find your way. When you figure out what your spiritual pathway is, how God wired you inside to connect with him, when you figure that out and make it a part of your life and are intentional about it, you will find your way to becoming the me I want to be. You'll find your way to becoming the person that God created you to be. Every time we have a new year, we have a fresh start, a a chance to kind of have a clean slate, to do better, to to try to be who we want to be. And it's the same this year. And for us in 2018, if we could figure out what our spiritual pathway is, figure out how God made us and wired us to connect with him, we will have a better chance of becoming the person that he created us to be so that we could do the things that he created us to do. Because God is more concerned with you reaching your full potential than you will ever be. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. As you become the best version of yourself, you don't just become holier, you become youier. You become more of the person that God created you to be, more of the person that God had in mind when he thought you up. And imagine what our church body would look like if we all understood that each person doesn't grow the same way we do. They don't connect with God the same way that we might connect with God. And imagine what would happen in our community if in 2018 all of us were intentional about finding and practicing our spiritual pathway so that we could become the person that God created us to be, so that we can become the me I want to be. And then we could go into our community and do the good works which he has already prepared in advance for us to do. You know, every now and then, you do something that surprises you. And when you do, 
you catch a glimpse of the person that God created you to be. You say something inspirational at a meeting. You're patient with a rambunctious three-year-old. You help a homeless person who nobody else sees. You lose yourself in a piece of music. You fall in love. You express compassion. You stand up to a bully. You freely make a sacrificial gift. You fix an engine. You forgive an old hurt. You say something that you would normally never say. Or you refrain from saying something you would normally blurt out. And as you do, you glimpse for a moment why God made you. Only God knows your full potential. You are his handiwork, and he is guiding you towards the best version of yourself every moment. He has many tools to make this happen, and he is never in a hurry. He doesn't get discouraged when you mess up, and he delights every time you grow. Only God can see the best version of you, and he is more concerned about you reaching your full potential than you will ever be. So in 2018, let's partner together with God to become the me I want to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for creating each one of us, for giving us the personality that you wanted us to have. Thank you for allowing us to be your handiwork and for creating a way for us to connect with you that's best for us and for our personality. Thanks for being patient with us when we mess up and for guiding us towards the best version of ourselves, the me that we really want to be that's inside of us and if we'll allow you to work with us can come out it's in your son's name we pray amen